millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Laura Wright, and welcome to my podcast, Music in My Life, where I explore musical moments in different people's lives. I discuss with my guests how and why that music has such a strong memory for them. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? Today's guest is someone who lights up the room. Her enthusiasm is infectious and she has incredible drive and determination. An athlete who has grafted to get to where she is now. Jess Mayo is the two-time reigning British Senior Women Hammer Throw Champion. She is also the English Senior Women's Hammer Throw Champion. She's ranked number one in the UK and she's part of the Great Britain squad. So she's a pretty incredible person. I'm delighted she's given up her time to chat to me today. Welcome to the podcast, Jess. How are you doing? Oh, that was so nice. Thank you, Laura. No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. I'm... Um been an avid fan of your podcast and I'm doing quite a lot of traveling with training at the moment and been having the podcast on all the time and it's been great so to be part of it I feel very honored so thank you. (laughs) Oh that's so nice I love hearing stories about how people listen to their favorite podcasts as well. Now listen you're a professional athlete and of course with the year that everyone has had and is going through for you personally tell me how you've had to sort of adapt the way that you train your routine we were talking a little bit about that before we started recording you know to make sure that you're staying on track like tell me what have been the challenges for you as um your personal challenges if you like this year yeah I think for I guess everyone's been in, they've all had their own um, different experiences, I guess, of what lockdown's been. Um, In a backwards kind of way, I'm kind of glad I'm not a professional athlete, as in training full time, um, because I've had the distraction of work as well um, in lockdown. So I work a normal job, 35 hours a week, and train and do about 10 sessions a week as well. So trying to um, fit that in normally is quite hectic. Um, I think lockdown came, I mean, there's probably never a good time for lockdown, but um, you're kind of on that merry-go-round of life sometimes, aren't you? And you're just in that bubble of getting up, going to work, going training, going back to work, going training. And Monday to Saturday, you have Sunday off, you're back into it again on Monday. And lockdown just kind of stop that all of a sudden nobody had a choice and it was happening everywhere in the world and nobody's ever had that before have they and I think it it just put that stop and that refresh on actually like 
am I currently happy in what I'm doing with regards to training, my training setup, um, and you know how are things going with work? And it almost gives you that forced reflection. Um, you know, we we do have times for reflection, like day to day, when we might be we do, might be doing things like driving and you're thinking about what's happened that day. But for lockdown to happen, it was just that complete shutdown reflect on on like my current setup um so yeah I had quite a bit of change in lockdown um I had a little bit of an injury so I was rehabbing outside in my garden um I then managed to learn some gym weights so I was using wheelie bins as squat racks um to get my wait wait I want you to explain (laughs) this I saw a picture of it on social media and honestly I was like yes this is amazing talk about being like I don't know being inventive with what's around you just explain for everyone what you were doing (laughs) oh my gosh so basically I was I didn't have I was looking on eBay I was looking everywhere to try and find a squat rack um because for us we need quite we need a lot of explosive power in our event so it was important to kind of keep keep the volume still there um once I finished my rehab and so I couldn't find a squat rack anywhere and I just thought well I've got two wheelie bins why why don't I use them so I <laughs> dragging them out onto my um, garden path bear in mind at this point like I live in like quite a new estate so my neighbors don't really we don't really know each other and then they're looking out of the window <laughs> literally looking out the window and there's a girl lifting some weights using her two wheelie bins like yeah <laughs> pretty unique and there's a road at the end of our street like a main road that people can walk up and down on and um, and the, the amount of people that have like walked past and then like done a double take and be like what is she actually doing <laughs> and I might get the odd like what are you doing and then you end up having this full-blown conversation with a stranger but that's I'm, I'm okay about that um so yeah so it's just been I guess lockdown made people being inventive with what they're doing with training and maybe finding different ways um in which they could train the same body parts but with with different kind of exercises um so yeah like it 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 was a crazy time um but you just have to adapt to it really yeah absolutely I just I love that and I think it's so nice to see and you mentioned a couple of things there so you said about explosive power in your particular um, event. So tell people who don't know, like myself, you know, we watch someone take part in the hammer throw and I watch you do it when you post videos and it is incredible to see, but I mean, it, it looks like it must be so much more complicated than what we see as a finished product. Like tell me for someone who is new to watching that, like what goes into it, what the kind of training is that you have to do. And, and also you mentioned that, you know, alongside that you have a a nine to five job in that sense as well. And how you manage to find that work-life balance. Cause I think you're inspirational in the way that you do that. So I think it's nice for you to be able to tell others how that works for you. Yeah. So to be honest, when I first started hammer throwing, I thought it was just really strong people throwing a ball on a wire as far as they could. And it, it actually is that, but it's just so much more technical um, now that I'm actually immersed in it. And it's the tiniest, tiniest changes that you make in the throw can affect it. Um, we, you can turn as many, basically the, you can turn up to four times in a circle has been a few people that have done five turns and released the hammer. 
Um, but the majority tend to turn four times and release the hammer. Um, so it's it's extremely technical. And when I first started, I think I probably underestimated how difficult it was. And I was just a bit of a laughing stock, I think, at first, because I was like falling over. The hammer was always getting stuck in the cage. But for some reason, I just loved that challenge. And I'd had a background of netball and loved netball, but kind of got to a point where I wanted to do something where if I had a good day, it was my kind of glory. If I had a bad day, I had to own that and kind of figure out why. Um, And I, I think elements of the hammer throwing really interested me in that with it being an individual event. Um, and so training is a mixture really of, um, so we do gym sessions. So at the moment, I've just finished a block of training um, where we're doing three gym sessions in a week. So we'll do, do different um, exercises in the winter. For us, it's more about technical uh, changes, uh, higher rep counts. Um, in the summer, we do, uh, depending on what cycle we are, coming into big competitions, we'll shorten the rep counts. Um, so it'll be more explosive power and um, that we'll be working on there. So it's, yeah, it's a range of throwing and gym work. Um, and then I've been doing quite a bit of Pilates as well, um, especially in lockdown when we had a little bit more time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's it's kind of a varied training schedule, but I really like that. Um, we change the training every four weeks, um, so it spiced it up a little bit, which is good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a lot harder than what I probably gave it credit for at the start. I, honestly, I would be exactly the same as you thinking I'd just like throw it as far as I can and just <laughs> I would just wallop it straight into the net, just like you said. That would definitely be me. Well, next time um, you're from the North Wall, anyway, right? come and give it a go. <laughs> we're gonna what are we gonna do? We'll do hammer throw and we're gonna go to, to Soho, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mentioned at this point we have a we have a mutual friend, Jess, who I'm sure will love listening to this as well. Um I haven't told her that you're my my next guest, so she's gonna be I think she's gonna be delighted listening to this. I think we um, should just keep it as a yeah, surprise. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, yeah. Um so obviously we're here to talk about music. So, you know, in terms of with your your training and when you're approaching a competition let's say you know is music something that's really important to you or has it been you know has music been a constant through your life has it has it been something you share with your family you know what's music meant to you and I know that's a really big question yeah I think music's always been there um I mean, I can claim I've got grade one in violin, Laura, if that if that bumps me up the uh... No, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> but my sisters, I've got two big sisters who are amazing and um, they w- went all more or less all the way through the grades with violin and flute. And um, so, yeah, so we've always had a bit of music in the family um, we, when we're going like camping when we're younger and those sing songs in the car. Um, so there's, yeah, there's been music around definitely. Um, and but I think as I've got older, you, you traveling more in the car um, and like listening to more podcasts as well. And like listening to, oh, Laura, can I just stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say this, about the door. Yeah. Can I go get it? I don't know who it is. And I think it's some male. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Of course you can. <laughs> Two ticks. 
Sorry, it was a just eat guy. I could have claimed a KFC there, but I didn't. <laughs> I've got it. I heard you say, no, it's not for me. <laughs> I was like, do I say it is? <laughs> but no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well Sorry. done. Well done. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. <laughs> That is just typical, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Don't be silly. Um, yeah, so tell me about, you know, the music leading up to, say, a competition or training. You know, has music become quite important for you? You were saying on your journeys as well when you're traveling around in the car. Yeah, so when... I try not to, sometimes when I put like my, I've got a competition playlist and a gym playlist, if I put them on too soon on my car journey, I feel like I've peaked before I've even got there. So I listen to quite chilled stuff sometimes in the car um, and especially before a competition. For me, with the hammer throwing, like you'll see quite a lot of competitors really get quite like aggressive and built up Um before the throwing, for me, I remember back in, I think it was 2017 um, or 16, it was my first British Championships and I was so nervous. And I just remember like seeing people like really going for it on the warm-ups and beating like, like music that was going out there. It was like really hardcore music. And I had Eva Cassidy on and I needed something that was just so chilled that would just keep me calm because I was so nervous anyway. I needed just some calming music um, and Eva produced. <laughs> that's the thing though, I think you're right. And that's interesting because we've had some other athletes as well on um, on this podcast and they've said exactly the same as you, that they can't listen, they can't peak too soon. They can't get themselves into that frame of mind too early. Otherwise it's like, then you you hype yourself up for something that isn't actually happening just yet and you're there already. So it's really interesting you say that. Um, now, obviously, so I've given you, along with all my other guests, eight questions. You've chosen four of those and four songs to go alongside. Now, this first song we're going to talk about is a song which always cheers you up. I mean, this is such a great piece of music. And it is, <laughs> what's really interesting is there's definitely a thread going through all your choices of what I think is your personality and that enthusiasm. <laughs> so tell me about why you love Aretha Franklin's Respect. How sassy. She's just super sassy, isn't she? Like, as soon as that music comes on, I mean, my boyfriend laughs because we were we were on a car journey. It was probably like our third day in and I was playing radio DJ. So I was putting the tracks on. I mean, as you can imagine, it was a lot of Beyonce and, you know, proper like power women. And I put Aretha on and I, he'd never seen me like that. And he was, so he always says now that this is my super sassy song. <laughs> And because as soon as it comes on, it just makes you feel so good. And like, yeah, I can nail this. And so, yes, yeah, so it's my, it's just my go-to when I'm sat in the car and it's chucking it down. I've got to get a session in before I go back to work. I just put this on, get my hood up and just get out there and get, get the training session done. So Aretha Franklin's been, been to many a rainy northern training sessions. But let's have a little <laughs> listen to some of Aretha Franklin's respect before we talk some more. Here it comes. So 
yeah, absolutely. I mean, so good. So good. Uh, do you know what, Jess, I love about that song as well as the little, like the little, I love that honestly, that's so sassy to me as well. Yeah, honestly, if there was a camera in my living room right now, I was just fucking away to that. I, was, I just love it. It's just great. It just makes you feel so good. I know, and I'm I'm smiling listening to it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that piece of so- that piece of music. Sorry. So it was originally written by Otis Redding and originally released by him in 1967. So the original song, I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's actually quite different and from the opposite side of the table, as it were. So the lyrics are very much like him saying, "I'm going to give my woman anything she wants um, as long as she's there when I come home." Whereas Aretha Franklin's like. Version just became about you know this strong female and really was a landmark of the feminist movement you know she became that she embodied that and I think the song does as well um and so I don't know if you've heard the original one have you no I've not heard that but it's so interesting to know what like the connotations of of his version were as well because I mean I'm all for Aretha's version you know like we shouldn't be waiting at home for them to come home with a cooked dinner kind of thing you know let's all get out there and do our own thing exactly and I think that's what's so interesting is that he was obviously like he's the guy that wrote the music so he's so talented and like his own music is incredible but what really stuck was when this powerhouse of a woman and a powerhouse voice came along and sang it and I think that's kind of where especially as well you'll you'll know that she added in of course the bit that's um R-E-S-P-E-C-T that bit as well which is so good so good that's just um, a real line tell that she me, needs a little bit of respect isn't it really <laughs> yeah ju- just in case you didn't know yeah. you know by that I'm point I'm just gonna repeat it um, again so <laughs> Exactly. And that that track actually was produced by um, a guy called Jerry Wexler. And he said of that song, he said it was global in its influence with overtones of the civil rights movement and gender equality. It was an appeal for dignity. I just, I love that. And And actually, I've watched some really early performances of her singing it. And she's not as when you listen to it, that power in her voice, she's not as like dancing around the stage. It's almost like this quiet confidence. And I think it's just incredible to see, especially at the time, you know, in the 1960s, her performing that was incredible to see. But interestingly, we're going to talk about next a song that reminds you of good times. Now, this song was produced by the very same man who produced Respect. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a thread that runs through your music. Tell me about Ray Charles and I've Got a Woman. Again, an, an incredible choice Jess I feel like I'm 27 going on like 67 like these are all I wasn't gonna say anything but (laughs) I was thinking when I was sending the choices over to you I was thinking well I've only met I think I've only met you Laura was it once or twice basically probably not enough I mean I I feel like (laughs) is she is she okay like does she not like live in the modern era (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, for some reason, I a, play, a playlist came up. I think I'd had Aretha on my Spotify and I just had it on shuffle and it had brought me to this other playlist and it was loads of like old school music. And before I knew it, I was like always listening to this playlist and just really enjoyed it. And this is where it links into to how how it just makes me so happy when I listen to it. So 
I'd been listening to this playlist so much in in lockdown. Um, my rehab sessions outside, I, I just put it on, singing away. And um, I mean, I think I know the lyrics, but if anyone actually heard me, I was probably so far off actually what the words were. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that's fine. And um, I'd gone to see um, my mum and dad um, just to drop some shopping off for them in lockdown, so I, I couldn't go into the house. I could just see them from a distance and um it was such a buzz anyway to see them and just I'm so close with my family and if I'm not if I if I don't speak to them for a while if I don't see them it's just it's hard and like it was it was I can't even explain like how good it was to see them both my mum and dad and they were both happy and healthy and I dropped the shopping and as I was going, um, my Spotify connected to my car and Ray Charles came on and my dad's face was just like, he was shocked at first that this was coming on to my Spotify. But I wound down the windows and I, I started singing and I can't really sing anyway. I think I can, but I really can't. And I started singing and like dad was singing it back and he was like dancing away on this, on like the um, step outside their house. And it was just that kind of photographic picture that stays in your mind when you think of that song and like how happy we all were. And it was only something simple, like listening to a song, but like nobody can take that away from me and that's just it just brings me so much pleasure when I when I listen to the song it's amazing that is such a gorgeous story as well and I think you know they're the moments as well that you know the moments of lockdown if you like for people that are so important and I I can totally relate to that and I'm sure so many other people can too I remember standing at the end of my parents garden you know and just being so delighted to see them and I had my daughter there, Ottilie, and they hadn't seen her for three months. And she was only three months old when they last saw her. So I was like, they hadn't seen her for basically the length of time she'd been here Aww. on this earth. And it was just, but I agree with you. And I think that's where music gives us, you know, a memory that we can hold and we can go back to that moment in time. Just like you said, it's like a photograph in your mind. And you've got, you know, this really beautiful and upbeat piece of music. But just the fact that also, did you feel like that brought you? you and your dad closer and the fact that even though you're not close in age to people that can bring you together through music yeah definitely like the fact that just the three of us I mean if any of their neighbors were probably looking on they'd think what is going on down there but just the three of us were just like loving life for about 30 seconds whilst Ray Charles was blasting out the car like it was yeah it's just so special and like you don't just like valuable moments like that like you just can't put a price on it can you it's just it is like you say like the lockdown moments that in such a time where everything was you know the news and everything just felt so negative just to have that positive and that like uplift was just yeah it's just incredible definitely and we we all need that so let's go back to that moment in time for you now (laughs) and have a listen to some of Rachel's I've got a woman I got a woman over town that's good to me oh yeah I was actually thinking yeah I, I was thinking I think you should have this track when you walk into the ring when you're about to throw <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like 
I feel like, and then once, once it. like I've thrown the hammer, walk out to Aretha Franklin respect. Like, how about that? That will work. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. You'd intimidate everyone there. But if they'd even know that, what music that it was. <laughs> <laughs> Did that take you back to to having that little moment? Oh, with your so good, so good. I think my mum and dad are probably going to be surprised that this has actually made it onto my list. It's funny, isn't it? How like a memory that could be so important to one person just seems like somebody was just singing a song to another person, kind of thing. Like it'll be, yeah. I don't think they probably they'll probably know like how much that just that little moment meant to me. So that'll be, yeah, they're looking forward to hearing the podcast anyway. <laughs> nice. And that, so that was released way back in 1954. And it's, you know, as I mentioned, it was produced by Jerry Wexler, the same producer um, for Aretha Franklin's Respect, which we've talked about already. And actually it's been covered by so many artists, this song as well, like uh, the Beatles, um, Brian Adams, John Mayer, Jamie Cullum, like everyone that you can think of has done a cover of this song, but the original is is by far the best and of course as well an artist that we're going to talk about next um Mr Kanye West has obviously sampled this as well in one of his tracks Gold Digger right yeah <laughs> so it's like this is nice it's like you've actually sorted a playlist for me you've done my job for me you've like segued each piece into the next so I don't have to do anything team effort Laura team effort <laughs> yeah thanks thanks for having my back Jess I appreciate that <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And Series 2 has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. Was it really? 
a big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's the moments that made me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. <laughs> you mentioned there though the fact that you know you had that that special memory with your mum and dad have they been you know I'm sure they have been incredibly supportive of your you know your athletic career to date is that something that's really important to you as well as your your sisters you mentioned yeah definitely mum and dad they're just absolute gems like they're just amazing and when we were younger um so there's three years between me and my sisters and I just remember them saying to us you do what you want to do with 100% and we'll support you with 100% so whatever we've wanted to do like it's been a joint effort and both of my sisters have been uh, international athletes as well um and so I've had really strong role models for me um and yeah like mum and dad like they're just they're great they're amazing like they'll come to it's it's like we spoke about earlier it's such an individual event um you do do quite a lot of training on your own and it can have that lonely aspect to it especially you know when the wind's blowing it's chucking it down your body's tired um they'll they'll sometimes come to well sometimes they'll come to a lot of my training sessions when I'm on my own just to give me that lift um so whatever the weather they're there and I just yeah they're just amazing I I couldn't ask for any more it's just yeah it's it's a team so like when you see like when I'm lucky enough to have have won a a competition or qualified or got selected for another competition yes it's me on that like that name that's that schedule that team list but there's such a team behind that as well um and I'm just so grateful for having such a a strong family supporting me that's amazing and I think you're so right you know there is always no matter actually in in whatever walk of life there's always this you know behind every strong woman and strong man there is a team of people who have helped that person get there and it's so great that you have their their support you know that's um faultless and and always there it's it's so lovely to hear as well that you're so close with with your sisters being quite close in age as well I have three older brothers and I know I just I absolutely adore having siblings and and having those people to bounce off but you mentioned that both of them are athletes as well tell everyone what what they do or did in a former life in professional sport yeah so they're both they're both retired now um and um my eldest sister she was a runner and um, my middle sister she was a cyclist so yes it's been mum and dad have been ultimate taxi drivers to us when we're younger um (laughs) (laughs) literally like I don't know I don't know how they did it they they were both teachers and they yeah I don't know how they they managed to to do everything that we did but we we did and I think when you get older you you completely appreciate everything even more um and so yeah so as I say I've had I've had really strong role models and we're all still really close now um and yeah like they're just we're all just so supportive of what each other do um so yeah we it's not every family is like that I'm lucky that you know ours is um but yeah, like I think some of the songs as well, like the Aretha Franklin, like the amount of 
like old school songs that are being played at big family weddings that, you know, we've got a large family and um, my mum and my dad do too. So, yeah, a lot of old school music there as well. So maybe that's where I've got a few of my uh, old school choices from too, Laura. <laughs> yeah, subconsciously they've been going into your memory without you even knowing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so next we're going to talk about your 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 kind of hype song so you know you mentioned that your mum and dad will come to like a training session your body's tired you know you're feeling kind of like this is an uphill struggle perhaps and this is the song that you go to to just get you through those moments so tell me about um, this song and, and why why it does that for you what makes it special for you it was so hard to pick one song I know when I was emailing you I was like Laura how do I just pick one song like the amount of like power songs I've got, like Beyonce is a go-to as well, but this song really sticks with me, really resonates with me from last year. Um, so I'd had a couple of like up and down years, but last year, last season was um, was a really good one in respect uh, to like my distances. And um, I always like to create like a bubble when I'm competing. So it's I'm aware of what's going on around me, but I'm in, I'm in my own world. I'm not caught up in what other people have thrown um, too much. Um, when they're throwing, I'm not really looking at their throw. Um, I'm just kind of walking around and like, I probably look like a bit odd because I'm just like bopping my head. And it's always to a song, the last song that I've listened to before I come out onto the track. Um, so, and, and for me, that just works. Everyone's got their own ways, I guess, that, that keeps them um, in the zone. Because for us as well, a competition could last for an hour. Um, and that only consists of potentially six throws for myself. So it's quite a long time to keep keep you up for it, but relax, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, so going, yeah, back, going back to the song, I'd listened to this one before I'd come out um, to compete. And it was um the best competition that I've done in regards to distance um and I was just as if like walking around bopping along to it um throughout the competition and I threw my personal best and I remember I remember looking at the board when the distance came up and looking at um the crowd my mum and dad were there um a couple of my sponsors were there um and friends and family were just there and it was just amazing it was like that I've done it and I just remember mouthing like that's me I've, I've done that and like just that utter like <laughs> oh my gosh like you train so much and it like you put so much into it and they, those people there in the crowd like mum my dad and my family and friends they've known exactly what's gone into what I've just done um, and that song that I was bopping along to was Kanye West so that, that one's always kind of been my fond song within that playlist. And is it important to you because I always think this is interesting at that point you know I'm taking it obviously that you you're not carrying one of those old school boom boxes you've got it in headphones and is that is does that sort of intensify that music for you as well? This is I've, when I've listened to your other podcasts again. Top fan, obviously. <laughs> um, I've <laughs> I've been listening to like when you talked about like listening to music within headphones and then just listening to it maybe on a radio. When um, you're competing, different competitions allow for um, sometimes you're allowed headphones, sometimes you're not when you're warming up. When I'm throwing, oh really? Yeah, when you're in a competition environment, actually out on the track, you're not allowed any. Um, 
headphones um, and you're not allowed any. Oh, um, yeah, so you're not allowed headphones, you're not allowed your mobiles, any electronic devices, basically. Uh, um, you're not allowed uh, onto the track with them. So for me, when I'm warming up um, and when I'm at training, I never actually listen to um, music through headphones. Um, because I think when I'm at a competition, like, so I'll do the probably, well, I'll put my music on and, um, just hold it. Like, so I'm just warming up. Um, and so you can, you can hear the music, but it's not, uh, too intense. I think for me that works. Everyone's different. Um, but for me, I like to know that what's kind of going on around, around me in the warm up area. Um, cause you've got to listen to like when, when your events called up. So you don't want to miss that. Um, and I think it also just keeps me calm because I'm not just zoned in onto one track into my ears. Um, so yeah, I think that, like when you leave the um, warm-up area and you're going to the competition zone, obviously you can't listen to anything through headphones. So it is quite good that I normally do it without. Um, and so, but then when you do listen to it with headphones, like the songs just become even more intense, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting. I know, I didn't know that you couldn't do that in that sort of environment, but it does make sense when you say, obviously, and you mentioned, you know, if you've got six throws in the space of an hour, actually hyping yourself up that much and doing that in terms of like adrenaline and, and, you know, just getting really hyped up actually that six times in an hour would be just, you'd be absolutely exhausted. And actually I presume as well, when you're throwing, you know, your first throw is not always going to be your best. It might take you time to warm up into the environment. So it's really interesting that that works for you in that way. And when I actually think about it, when I perform or if I even record, I have one earphone in and then I like to hear the sound of just the space around me. So I guess in a similar way, um, it's it's the same thing. And I, I totally get that. I understand that. But just so interesting as well, because, you know, you see often in sporting environments, like we talk about the rugby, you see people, the players come in with headphones on. They're not even really talking to their teammates, but that's a team environment, whereas you're doing this alone. So it's a very different situation. Situation. really interesting actually to hear that definitely yeah I think so I think it all it as you say it's, it differs to the person as well and you know how when you're in a team environment um I remember like when I played netball you'd be nervous but you were you weren't exposed almost whereas when it's individual it's all it's all on you and you know you can any kind of little errors along the way are going to be amplify even more um and so I think I mean I used to warm up with headphones a couple of years ago I used to do everything with the headphones in and for me that just didn't work and I think as you when you're in an individual sport year on year you know you kind of figure out what does work for you and what doesn't um but yeah that, that's so interesting though that, that you're the same when you when you um when you are rehearsing um it's almost like that need for background noise too um as a, a slight distraction almost exactly yeah completely and I think keeping that sort of level head you know and that's that's interesting because it's definitely a way that I I cope with it as well um let's let's have a listen with one headphone in or out <laughs> with <laughs> take, it, guys. take a headphone out guys listen listen out loud this is uh, Kanye West's all of the lights <laughs> Want you to see 
love it. So oh, good. So I mean, good. Kanye West is just, he, he's so innovative with his music. He's always creating something new. I can't believe that was released 10 years ago, 2010. Oh my I gosh, mean, it, that's it crazy. It won a Grammy Award. Yeah, I know. It won a Grammy Award for Song of the Year, which also doesn't surprise me one bit. But what I find really cool about this is I was reading um, up about the song and it took him and everyone else that performed on the track two years to sort of finish this song, this one song. And it included 14 other artists. So you've got Elton John playing the piano. You've got John Legend in there. You've got Alicia Keys, Fergie, Drake. Obviously, you can hear Rihanna singing the lead kind of hook as well. But I just love that, you know, these kind of mega stars and huge artists love collaborating and, and bringing people together who are all individually talented. And, and it's clear, you know, that it worked with this song. But I just, I can't believe it. It sounds like it could have been released this year, I think. And, you know, it's, it, is it a song that you discovered through, you know, your, through the hammer throw or is it something you loved before that and then it became part of your kind of training playlist? I did not know first that Elton was in that. How amazing is that? That's so great. I know, right? Elton's <laughs> just a so cheeky cool. little bit of Elton with in there with his piano. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I, I actually can't remember where I heard this from. Um, I... I've just got quite a large um, training playlist. I just, when you, you know, when you hear songs and you do the the old school Shazam and, and find out what that song was, if you've not heard it before. And, um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been in there for years. Um, and as, as it's a running theme, you can't beat the old time classics, can you? <laughs> exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, so I think, also for this, this so this is your your last choice, a song that's always been with you. Now this is a more recent song and a song that it's really weird again that you've chosen this because I've sung it myself, but oh my goodness, could never sing it like Andrew Day, who just is incredible. I mean, t this is one of my absolute favorites. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. And tell me why this is important to you and, and why it's sort of punctuated moments in time in your life. Yeah, I think this one, this one's probably the most chilled song out of my choices. Um, and I never really listen to, well, don't tend to listen to the, the words within the song. I just like the songs maybe because of the beat or the way they make me feel or the memories that I've got with that song. Um, but I remember sitting in my car, um, I'd been injured and this song came on and I, I, at the time, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. But I'd finished university. A lot of my friends had gone and got um, adult jobs. And I moved home. Proper jobs. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say proper jobs, yeah. I'd, I'd, jobs. Yeah, I'd moved home um, after university. And I wanted to go to the Olympics. And... I was doing a part-time, a couple of part-time jobs, um, trying to train, and you kind of see see your friends doing what they want to do whenever they want to do it. They're going out for drinks, um, and I just felt at the time like I was I was trying to achieve um, my goal, but I was just a little bit lost. I was I was trying to I was training, but I was injured. Then I was trying to like do work within all of that as well and I just remember hearing the lyrics you're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round and 
it was like that. It was like the Sunday was the rest day. The rest of the week I'd be trying to work, train, um, but then training came apart and I, I was injured. So it was that kind of that just that just stuck with me, um, and I've had that song in my playlist since um, first hearing that. And I ended up then um, being asked to do um, a talk in front of um, about. 50, 50, 60 business women in Yorkshire. Um, and as we know, wow. as we know, Laura, I love a chat. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And um, I was so nervous because these women were all, you know, the, the CEOs of companies are just very um, high flyers. And I was, I was just trying to throw a hammer as far as I could. And part of me thought, like, why do they, why do they want, me to kind of come up and stand in front of them and tell them what I'm up to um and I just did this the this montage and and basically had Andrea Day in the in the background and um and the song was playing and, and those lyrics came up and um and I just had like different um things flying this presentation I was doing and it was saying like are you happy where you are at the moment and and just just some kind of thought provoking questions um, to this to this group of women, um, and these some of these women just looked exhausted, like they were they were living their life on this merry go round. And um, this woman pulled me to the side afterwards, and um, she just said that like I've not had time to sit down and reflect on on what I'm doing and whether I am happy. Um, for so long because I have been just like being on that like we say that merry-go-round and starting work early finishing late getting home doing the same again the next day and um and she said like thank you and it's just like it was it was nice to have somebody that was nothing like I'd not come from anywhere in their industries um and I then kept in touch with her and um, she ended up leaving and, and setting up her own business, basically doing what she wanted to do. Um, and that was just amazing that that just maybe it was just that song that she could just, she could resonate with. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I guess it's, it's a bit of a recycled <laughs> recycled song for, for different reasons for both myself and this lady. Um, and I just think it's it's such a powerful song. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And and what an incredible thing, you know, for her, she felt inspired and, and you gave her that opportunity to take a moment for herself. And like you say, you know, that's what music can do. But you, of course, chose that music. So I think, you know, you can absolutely um, take credit for that as well, which is just incredible. And I agree with you. It's, it's an inspirational song and the power in her voice is, is so beautiful as well. And, and I also think, wherever you are in life you know I can definitely um, think of myself when I've had days where I feel completely lost of trying to be a mum and it's uh, I can not think of a better way of putting it than a merry-go-round when you have a, a young baby and, and you just feel like it's relentless and I think so whatever walk of life you're in or whatever point in life you're in especially with you know the year that's happening and what's happening actually around the world at the moment this is such a great piece of music to just take a moment and sit down and go it's okay you know and and we're gonna work it out and 
you know, we're going to find a different path. And, and I think also lots of people at the moment are feeling like there is a shift or a change and it hasn't necessarily been their choice. It's mm-hmm. been things that maybe have been out of their control. And I think that's where as well, it, it can make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, with every, I always think this as well, like with every ending, there's always the beginning, you know, there's always a door that opens when one shuts and, and we just have to hold on to that. So I think it's such a great story to go alongside this song and, and it's really lovely for you. Um, thank you for sharing it as well. Um, let's, let's have a little listen to some of this great, great track, Andrew Day's Rise Up. just got like the hairs on my arm went up (laughs) yeah yeah oh it's just it's her voice it's just such a powerful song though isn't it and like she in that song you don't need any kind of production it's just her and her words and and those lyrics and and yeah it's just it does especially at this moment in time like it couldn't be any more relevant you know people don't really know it's the uncertainty in turn, just trusting that after the uncertainty, there will be, there, there is still going to be something. Um, and yeah, it's just such a beautiful song. Definitely. And I, I was reading about her sort of career to date as well. And she's rumored to be playing um, Billie Holiday in like an upcoming movie about, it's called The People versus Billie Holiday, about sort of her um, court hearing, if you like, and it's like a biographical drama. So I think that would, that will be incredible with her voice. And it's, it's great as well that someone like her, you know, was discovered as well. Um, and I, I think also rather than sort of, you know, giving you a rundown of her biog, I wanted to read out um, some quotes about what she said of this song and how it came about for her, but also how it's become a bit of an anthem for um, protest and empowerment, which is you know happening across the world at the moment. And she said, "My my life and my personal um, my music, sorry, and my personal life were both stagnating at the time. And a friend of mine had been diagnosed with cancer. Rise up started as a sort of prayer. I thought about what I needed to hear to be able to get back on my feet. Most of the song came streaming out." in the first freestyle recording. Honestly, there are lines in there I'd normally find cliche, but sometimes a good cliche is exactly what you need in a moment of hopelessness. How beautiful is that? Oh, I've still got goosebumps. That's just, that's, it's just amazing, isn't it? And like how, yeah, that song that she's created, you can almost like feel like you're with her when she's saying what what she went through to create that song. That's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing to know like why she created it so thank you Laura no it's a pleasure and I, I I also wanted to say as well you know she talked about being inspired by black artists like Billie Holiday and Nina Simone and she said being inspired by artists like that is not just a decision I think it's a driving force inside me to not do music just for myself but to do it because you have a platform and you have a responsibility and you know you talked about how you had a platform you were asked to talk to people and you inspired them so I think you know we can all take something from that ourselves and that responsibility in our walk of life and what we can do to help others I think can be really powerful um so now that we're both feeling really emotional (laughs) I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna try and lift lift our spirits more and talk about a song that I want to suggest for you to listen to I am so excited for this part oh so People always say this and I get so nervous. So I did 
clearly you can tell because we're going to talk about, you know, I'm going to mention a second song, but I did find it really hard. But I went for, you know, um, a black artist who has a powerhouse voice, but in a little bit of a different way. And I feel like this is more of a a reflective piece of music that reminds me of perhaps like the nostalgia of family time. And and actually you talked a little bit about it, you know, how important your family are to you and how, you know, they are there. It's the team behind you, like you mentioned. Um, So this is a song by Laura Mavula and she's a British recording artist, a songwriter, composer, record producer, and um, both of her albums, her debut album called Sing to the Moon and her second album, the Dreaming Room were both nominated for the Mercury Prize. She's also influenced by, you know, incredible black artists like Nina Simone. Um, and she worked, I, what I love is her story. Like she worked as a supply teacher in a secondary school before she, and she basically had studied music, but was writing it, you know, in her own time, just kind of, it, it was like a, she, she described this song I'm going to play as like a bedroom song. And she couldn't believe that it, then people all around the world were listening to it. Um, and I think also this year in particular, I think we've all kind of come to appreciate the beauty of the outdoors and outside space. And just the fact that, you know, that how we might have taken for granted getting together with friends and spending good times with, with loved ones. And that's what she said this song was about. It was about, you know, enjoying the sunshine and, and making memories. So, um, I hope you enjoy it. It's called Green Garden and we're going to have a little listen to it now. Nobody out there, but it's so good now. Bade in the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls. Take me outside, sit in the green garden. I love that. I <laughs> that was really good. I like that because I feel like we've got a happy medium there. We finished off with Andrew Day that was quite like okay, we've got goosebumps, we're quite emotional, like we need a, a bit of like an uplift and you just produce there, Laura, I love it, brilliant. Well, I mean, you can, honestly, you can, you don't have to be nice if you're just being nice, but I'm glad that you like it and you've always, I say, honestly, <laughs> I say you so my, my, you like, go my shoulders are going and I was like dancing in my, in my living room, so no, I you, was, you got yeah, it, you got I it. I was laughing as well. <laughs> This is why we need to have video for this podcast as well, so we can see whether people actually start dancing or not. No, because um, you'd never want I to go out with say, me. You'd never want to go out with me dancing because you'd see how bad mine is. Wait, to, to how do you say it? Soho. No. So it was a bar in Sheffield called Soyo. But I lived with so me. Oh, and, so yeah. So yeah. And in the northern accent, it's so yo. But obviously with my friends that were southern, it was so yo. And yeah, so it, <laughs> it never went down well. I love that. And then obviously, yeah, as I said, I did find it really hard. So the um the other choice that we had was one of Solange's uh, tracks called Losing You, but it was remixed by Cyril Hahn. I don't know if you know Cyril Hahn, but you should definitely listen to it. And I feel like it could be that kind of track for you that hypes you up, but not too much. It's like happy medium. Oh. So if you want to listen to another track that I think you'd like, that's the one. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. I've got a few new suggestions it's now for my playlist. Yeah. Exactly. And Jess, you know, I'm sure everyone will be listening to this and thinking how 
gorgeous and wonderful and kind that you sound and it's just such a pleasure to talk to you you are an inspiration to so many people and what you're doing is amazing and I just wish you the very very best of luck for you know any what have you got in fact you should we should talk about that what have you got coming up what's your next competition um well it's kind of we don't really know what's going to happen we're hoping that the European winter throws will happen that'll be March time um so that's the next aim obviously the Olympics got moved um from this year to next um so you know there's always that we know that the olympics is there um whether i'll be able to get into that kind of shape yet next year we're not too sure but um 2022 is the big year so we've got the world the europeans and a commonwealth games in birmingham so that is the aim to be um to be basically my peak in 2022 and especially being at a home games that would be amazing so um, yeah it's just it's getting the grafting now um, and and hopefully reap the rewards um, in the coming seasons that's so exciting well I know you can do it and I will be there cheering you on as well Aww. as will I'm sure lots of other people <laughs> who will be rooting for you so um and also if anyone sees someone who's training with you know the dustbins outside the house you know it's Jess so just say hello well um you don't want to train with dustbins though because now I've got a big crack down mine so I've got to replace it so I've learned, oh, no. I've, I've learned the hard way <laughs> so I, I would not advise to not to do it no but yeah. thank you so much Laura for having me on here because it's just amazing what you're doing and you've been bringing some delight to my long car journeys down to Loughborough so thank you so much oh thank you lovely and hopefully we'll see you very soon oh Thanks, see Jess. you soon thank you I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'd love to hear about your favourite piece of music. So make sure you pop a comment on Apple reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming minisode. Also, we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes. So if you want to hear any of their songs again, you can find them there. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next time. 